When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you, know, or you want to try CBD products, especially if you're into MMA or if you're an everyday person, it's good for you too. Go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code podcast 25 They have everything from tonics to roll-ons, anything you need or want, they have. So please, they ship within North America. And again, it's 25% off, so you can't go wrong there. And if you're a woman that so happens to be listening to the show today, thank you very much. And go to poppyapparel.com and use promo code podcast to get 10% off. They have everything a woman needs or wants from top to bottom that they like to shop for online. They ship worldwide, and it's free shipping if you spend more than $50. And lastly, if you're into collectibles, or you're a nerd, or you're a geek, or one of those, and you like to collect signed autographs, well, I guess every autograph is signed, that's pretty redundant, but signed memorabilia is what I meant to say. Collectibles, cards, comic books, anything you need or want, they have it there. They update daily. Go to firstworld.ca. It's First World Collectibles. They are a Canadian company. So everything you see there is in Canadian dollars. So it'll be cheaper for all you American listeners. And they ship worldwide. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 and you'll get 20% off. Go support the show on all the major platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. It's really important. It helps me out. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So this week it's pretty weird because I'm talking to an American from the states while he's in canada and i'm a canadian so this is a bit weird and this is a first for me but this week's guest and it's friday it's like freaky friday too (laughs) you know what it's true because i'm in where you're where you reside in right now in la and you're in edmonton where i've never been and you've been probably more times than i could count from now but before we get all that let me introduce this week's guest you might have seen him on the tonight show with jay leno he was a finalist on last comic standing he co-hosts the daddy issues podcast and hosts his own MMA roasted podcast, stand-up comedian, and in my opinion, one of the funniest people alive, Mr. Wow. Adam Hunter. Uh, thank you, man. It means a lot to me. Thank you. It's good to be here. No, thank you. We finally get to do this. I've been breaking your balls for how long now? <laughs> I know. I, it's just like I, I have a new baby. When you have a baby, it's like, it's crazy. I, do, you, do you have any kids? No, don't have any. Don't want any. Well, wait till you have a kid. It's just like every priority, everything you thought was a priority is no longer a priority. Uh, you know, it's just about, it's just about the baby. It's all about the baby. Well, so, I'll I never... Mean, at least now, from, from zero to one, I think when it's a little older, it'll be different. Well, I'll never know because I don't know if it cut off, but I said I don't want kids. Me and my wife are good. We, we've been together almost 20 years now and nothing and we don't want any. We're good. Wow. That beautiful wife of yours. Thank you. You seem very sweet and like a, a little bit very like a little intense, but uh, uh, but nice, <laughs> nice, intense, and, and and very pretty, very pretty woman. Well, that's what, what, what you get in the South American, right? You get that Latina heat, as they say. Yes, that's true. That's true. But that's funny because I saw you live, and that's how we see saw each other. And then you needed to fly out to Edmonton, and that's how we're doing this now, pretty much from our hotel rooms. And seeing you, okay, I've obviously caught your stand-up routine before and seen your, and heard your shit. And I've been begging for you to come to Toronto for the longest time. I don't think you've ever performed in Toronto, right? No, never. Well, that's crazy. So I finally got to see you live at the Dime Bar, the, the infamous Dime Bar that you always hear about on the MMA Roasted podcast. <laughs> and it was a blast. It was just comic after comic. Obviously, it's you guys trying out new shit and this, this, and that. But it was still on the level where I, even if I paid, I still would have been satisfied. You know what I mean? I think everybody should go do it if you're in L.A., honestly. Oh, thank you. Yeah, man. And Uncle Creepy was there, too. Yes, that was that was interesting. <laughs> He, he wasn't shit, but at the same time, again, how, how many times has he performed? It's got to be like his like fifth time or something. Oh, okay. Brand new at it. But you know what? For a guy who's gone up there f- 
only five times. You could tell he's going to be more of a story-driven, I guess, comic if he continues to go down that road. But if he gets his shit together, he could have some good material, especially like being inside the UFC because that was sort of, I don't want to reveal everything he talks about, but that was sort of what he was talking about, right? Him being in the UFC and what if. But he's also very real. You know, he's a very real guy. He's like, he talks about being, you know, a drug addict and this and that. In fact, there was a lesbian comic that wanted to bang him. Yes. On the show. Well, you know, if you can convert a lesbian, then you know you got something going, right? I'm not really sure how much of a lesbian that woman was. She says, like, she's been married twice or something to men. I think, I don't know if that's a, she's a lesbian or she's just sick of men. I'm not really sure what the deal is there. But, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, the first time I ever saw you was on Last Comic Standing. How was that whole experience? And actually, what season were you on? I don't even remember. I was on season six. Okay. The winner, uh, Eliza Schlesinger, won that season. Right. It was it was a it was a, a weird experience because I was on it twice before. Oh. And what had happened was I got to like the next round and they're like, "You guys are going to Hollywood," and then back and then you know, like you know I'm celebrating, I'm calling my dad, I'm like I'm in tears. Right. And then and they came back and say, "Hey, just because we told you that you were going on doesn't mean you're actually moving on." Like what? what but but the judges just told us that we were the funniest ones and like yeah, well. So then twice they called me and said, you're no longer on the show. Like, after they had, I was on the show. Right. But, like, who was managing who and who the producers thought would make good ratings. So then I was like, the third time they did that to me, they told me I was off the show. And then they called me and said, oh, you're back on the show. And what happened was I was like, okay, they're not going for me. They're not buying like me. You know, maybe I'm too boring. I'm not interesting enough. I'm a nice person. I'm just not really, like... You're not really cocky, but if I put a character on, then they'll, they'll they'll take me. If I'm like the bad guy on the show, right? So I was when I, when I was getting through, I was like just talking like I'm the greatest comic ever. No one can beat me. All these comics suck. <laughs> and then they like they took me right to the front of the line. But then when I was in the house, I was like I don't want to be known as the biggest asshole in the world. So I, I kind of flipped the dialogue on them, and every time that they talk to me I was like yeah you know I'm all about just helping people and I, I work with kids who have cancer and my mother left when I was three just giving them like a sob story but it was not right. the narrative that they had already chosen so then they pretty much stopped talking to me wow. and so they, and then they wouldn't even like they wouldn't even give me interviews but nobody was picking me to go against so I, I kept moving on and at the time I was so broke that like I knew that like checks were bouncing while I was in the house because sure. I wasn't at home paying them. Right. And, you know, everyone was thinking about, like, you win 100 grand or whatever the, the, the money was. I was just trying to get to the next episode so I can get that, like, $1,200 to pay, like, my rent. Like, and then, so that was, like, and then when they edited it, they were kind of being funny. Like, there was one time they were, like, cause every, everything we had to do in the house was nothing to do with stand-up comedy. Like, we're living in a house. It's, like, me, Paul Foote. Eliza, Ranji, Jeff Dye, uh, this guy Marcus, and, and then they would have us like do like uh, so like today's challenge is we're gonna go to the, the, the Playboy Mansion and read kids books to the playmates. <laughs> now, hey, but what, what does this have to do with stand up comedy? Right. And the next like we're gonna have a Yo Mama contest in a boxing ring where Jamie Kennedy was the judge. I'm like okay, that's not really comedy either. <laughs> and then the third one was like we're gonna build props at a Home Depot with Carrot Top. And then all our jokes have to have props in them. Right. So what we were being judged on, not stand-up comedy. So then finally when they were like, okay, you guys are all performing next week. And I was like, yes, finally. I'm, I, I thought I was a fucking comic. <laughs> not a, you know. And then when I saw it on TV, they were yeah. like, you're all performing. And uh, you see, cut to, they, cut, they took another shot of me like this. Okay. I put my hands in my head, and then um, they're like, and then someone else cut to like, yeah, Adam was scared shitless. Like, that was not even like even remotely close <laughs> to what had happened. Yeah, it was a lot of that. But look, I mean, it got me national exposure, and I was True. kind of a feature co-headliner mm-hmm. before that. And since then, I've, I've never featured except for when, like, I went out with Russell Peters. It was the only time I ever featured after that. So it was one of those things where it was like. It took me to like it was the best thing for my career, but it, it wasn't uh, 
it was a little frustrating as far as like living in a house with 12 comics and then uh, I couldn't sleep very well and then I decided to go off my antidepressants like oh, the week sure. before because yeah. I thought maybe I'd make for better TV and that, <laughs> like that was a mistake as well oh, something my God. that I done because I was very irritable right like so anyway it was I mean, it was good well what's one thing that the viewers don't know that happened behind the scenes I mean well I mean there, there was like they cut to me like I mean, there was one time where it was like a Yo Mama contest, and I clearly won. Okay. But I had to go against this like pro, this like sketch duo, and they were just saying like positive things, like your mom is very pretty. So it was sort of like a, it was like a, and I, but I won. But I was like annoyed, and then afterwards, I'm being interviewed, and they're like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm happy to do this because I've been screwed over a lot in my career, especially by this show. And, and then they cut out me saying by the show. Oh, like they, shit. Yeah, of course. That kind of yeah. makes sense, though. And that, I go, it doesn't matter if I won or not, because right. you're all going to edit it the way you're going to. And then, like, eight producers came over to me. Mm. And were like, you go, no, that's not the way that we work, and this and that. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Wow. So you performed on many late shows, like Jay Leno, Conan, Jimmy Kimmel. Which one was your favorite? And I have to know, because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. And I don't know if you remember that episode when they were, I don't know if it was the Tonight Show or the Late Show, where George was backstage and was fumbling around and causing all kinds of shit. Do you remember that episode? No, no. Well, anyways, I just want to know, did anything happen to you, like an oh fuck moment? Did you spill some coffee on you before going out? Was there something? Did you forget your yeah. line? Like anything yeah, like that? Yeah, absolutely. The first time I did it, I was sweating so much. I found out the day before oh, that shit. I was going okay. and, and when I got there, I was, my armpits were sweating. I know on last comic, my armpits were so much that when I raised my hand, you saw huge pit stains. And it was like, it was so embarrassing, you know? Okay. So uh, this time, they blow dried my, my armpits before I got on. Right. They took off my shirt, blow dried it. And then when I put my shirt back on, I missed a button. Oh, no. So, and if people were watching it, they were like, you don't know how to button your shirt? So that was that was one time. That was, and then another time was uh, I was uh, I was running, you know, it was the day of the Tonight Show. And okay. they called me like three hours before. They were like, oh, we had a, they couldn't get, they couldn't clear the Michael Jackson music that they wanted the band. Running, they needed to come up to run three minutes. Okay. And, and, they didn't even, and they were going to be off the air in two weeks anyway, like permanently. Right. They didn't even run my set. So normally they, they go by every joke. And I'm like, I don't even know if I, I could even do these jokes on oh, The Tonight Show. Because, but I'm not going to ask because cause what's, you know, they're going to say no. Right. So I went out there and my first joke was, I love Asian girls. That's why I hang out of traffic school. And I could tell that Leno was like not happy with that. Right. And I was like, everything okay? And afterwards he was like, yeah, you know, uh, probably not be able to say that joke. So they, they lowered the word Asian on the broadcast so all you heard was i love girls that's why it's okay to offend all women just <laughs> not asian women just that's and, hilarious and i was sitting next to to bill maher okay and uh bill maher the first time bill maher was like you know they they, they told me they were gonna have cue cards for me mm. right and i don't need cue cards i need my act like left you know back of my hand but i'm not gonna say no i don't want cue cards because at this point i'm not gonna just be so they had cue cards for me, and uh, Bill Maher is next to me going, cue cards? We never had cue cards. And I'm like, dude, I didn't want the cue cards. And he's like, he's like, Leno, you ever have cue cards? I'm like, all right, the dick. Like, I didn't. So then I was like, Bill, do you still love doing stand-up comedy? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a lot easier when you have your own jet. And I was like, uh, I took an UberX here. You know, I, I didn't know what to say. And then there was a singer. Oh, my God. There was a hot singer there. Okay. I, I thought that once you, you're you done talking, your mic is off. I didn't realize your mic was still hot. Oh, shit. So I was singing, and I'm like, I go, Bill, that girl's pretty hot, huh? <laughs> and then you over the over the, the speaker. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, and my like, God. Wait for me. like Yeah. So oh, I, I, shit. Yeah, you know what? Just from listening to your podcast, anything and anything that can go wrong will go wrong, I've noticed in your career. But the thing is with you, you always bounce back, and you're able to make an act out of it, and you do all kinds of cool, like, for example, you got to travel all over the world, like places like Japan, Guam, Korea, Bahrain, Japudi, I don't even know where the fuck that is. And like, Africa. And Guantanamo Bay, of all places as well. Like, of all these places, what was your favorite, and did you ever feel, like, in danger where you're going to get, like, oh, I'm not going to get out of this place? Well, when I was in Djibouti, Africa, I was with this comic that was, like, 
kind of like he was a, a black comic that was really being a dick to me. Like he was, he'd been around forever and he wasn't okay. very funny. It was this is, back, this is back when George Bush was the president. Oh, okay. And go up there and he'd be like, "Fuck George Bush, he's a terrorist." Like to like the military, like not oh, the no. guys you want to open. And it's like that's their commander in chief. Right. And we were just he. Would, I would say things like, "Yeah, I don't find Eddie Murphy's movies as funny as they used to be." And then he would like just. Fuck you! You gotta respect Eddie Murphy. He was just anything I said. He was being a dick to. So then we like we went to we went to Bahrain and there was like a massage parlor. So we went in and it was all transgenders. Oh wow! He runs out and like closes the door and I'm like, ah, oh, you you got me. So then we ended up going to Djibouti, Africa, and he was in a bad mood because they told us like that everything was already paid. He didn't have, and then they tried to they tried to shake us down for more money to get into the country. Oh wow! And fifteen year olds with like like machine guns in this country. So Shit. Uh, I ended up paying for him to get in. Right. And then we get to the like the, he was in a bad mood because they like they lost his luggage. So he was fucking oh. furious. So then we're backstage the first night meeting the doing like a meet and greet with the troops, and he was like, "Man, this guy he banged all the transgenders, and he and he's gay and this and that." And I, it was like. 11 days of traveling in a row, I just, I had enough, you right. know? So I took his hat and like, like smushed it over his head. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm a bitch. Like, who's a bitch? And then he came at me and I just like underhooked him, overhooked him and just hip tossed him on his head. And it like hit all these like glass bottles that like broke. And then I just cocked back and I'm like, who's, who's gay? Uh, I was, who's gay now, motherfucker? Right. Probably not even, I shouldn't have said that. But then the, the troops <laughs> had to like break us up. Yeah. So, more like the comedians just came in from to like the night to, oh you know, and fighting each other. So this sergeant took us. This guy, Sergeant Haggerty, took us in the back. Right. And like uh, we were in this bathroom, and he's like, "Man, you're supposed to be here to raise our spirits, and you need to find Jesus." And then he goes, uh, "I'm either gonna take your money. I'm gonna do like I do with my, I do my boys. I'm gonna take your money, or I'm gonna punch you in the stomach." And I didn't really have any money, and neither did he. So he, he the guy, both in the stomach, right. like. But it didn't really hurt because I was so happy that I threw the other guy in his head. And they got, like, I kind of deserved that. Right. But I remember myself, like, I'm in Djibouti, Africa, in a fucking closet, getting punched by Haggerty. Like, how many wrong turns did I make to get to this point in my life? Right. At one point, the Guantanamo Bay crazy. I was there with a bunch of comedians, Guy Nima Williams, Rodney Perry, some good comics, mm-hmm. and the Victoria's Secret models were with us. Oh. But, like, they were on their own separate thing, and Stephanie Powers was there. This like old school actress. So we're on like a like a we, you know we're on like a ferry to get over to, to Cuba, mm-hmm. and you know it was like Adriana Lima, Miller, Lita Eubanks, and oh, it was wow. like the top six. Right. So I was their their spread had had so I was hitting on them because I'm like what what do I gotta lose like true you're like hey. Like I get, oh, I got turned down by a Victoria's Secret model, you know. Yep. And I, I they appreciated the fact that I was the only one balls enough to talk to them because they were kind of like smiling. I, like I don't think that I was like close to hooking up with them, but they were definitely like impressed by the balls I had, you know. And they were, yeah. I was inviting them to the show, and it was going well. Okay. But then this other comic, Nima, he was he's like he's like in the jail. He's a little bit. He's a white guy, but he does mostly black rooms. And uh, he went up to Salida, and he was like, well, first, all these troops were online to take a picture with Marissa Miller. Okay. And I was like, can I take a picture with you? And she was like, I go, can, you, can you take a picture? She goes, okay. And then I gave her my camera, and I had to take a picture with you know, my, my friend. Like, and everyone <laughs> But then the other guy went up did the same thing to Salida Eubanks, and he was right. like, hey, I'm going to take a picture with you and cut out the mouth later and fuck it. Oh, and my God. She flipped on him. Like, who the fuck you think you're talking to? They started, he's like, fuck you. So now we were banned from talking to the models after that. Like, right. we were not allowed to talk to them. And I was so pissed because they were going to come to our show. And in my head, I had this whole, like, they were going to see me and think I was funny and right. that hate me. And uh, all I had this whole, but uh, we, like, missed the flight. <laughs> the flight. So then they took us to where the prisoners were at. Oh, shit. We got to see the, the prisoners. And it was right after all those things came out where people were getting tortured. Oh, um, so they were really saying like, yeah, they have three meals a day and they get to, you know, watch TV and here's where they play soccer and here's where they have therapists. And right. it made it like, it was like, I'm like, can I live here too? You know, that's how I was being a wise guy. I'm like, how much is the rent? You know, 
But then when we saw the guys, oh my god, their beards were like five times the size of yours. Oh shit! They they were looking like like a pit bull being trapped, and they were yelling help, help, oh, wow. help. And, but half of them had like lawyers there. It was it, <laughs> what the it was, fuck? It, it it was very trippy. It was that was a little bit like. I'm like, that guy doesn't seem like he's too happy. The guy yelling help on the, uh, you I know. know. But it was, but they were saying that, like, a lot of them, they're stuck <laughs> there because they got caught trying to murder troops. And now if they go back, they're going to get murdered because, right. because their, their uh, gang or whoever they were with is not is no longer in power. Oh. So they, they don't want to go back, but they don't want to, but then what, we can't keep them here forever. It's costing a fortune. So now they're in this, and then a lot of them, they, they went and they rehabilitated and did all this stuff for, brought him back, let him go, and then caught him again trying to murder right. us. So it was, it, it was a mess. The whole thing was a mess. Oh, my God. Okay, I got to know. I know you're a married man and you're, you're, you're monogamous in your relationship and all that, but what has the best ladies? What country did you hook up with that had the craziest or the beautiful? Whatever in your mind makes a perfect 10. I mean, I hate to say it, but Canada... Yeah. Usually have the coolest, hottest women, uh, and I had—I mean, I remember one time I had two ring girls like my that met me at the show. Afterwards, like I had a threesome, and like I remember the girl blowing me and then going, "Welcome to Canada." <laughs> and I was, uh, "This is a pretty good." Uh, so I would say Canada. I mean, oh wow! I mean, the, the easiest place is probably sometimes New York, but only because all the tourists are there, right? And they're there, and like they're there on a vacation, and one of their goals is like hook up with a New Yorker, you know, like it's a fucking bucket list thing. But I mean, Canada's got some pretty. They're pretty. They're pretty chill. They don't have. A, they're not too stuck up in Canada. Well, again, you haven't been to Toronto, so just wait, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about Calgary and Edmonton. Well, there's nothing really, I'm sorry to say, there's nothing to do out there. And you know how it is, being from L.A., whatever is a 10 out there is probably like a 6 in Toronto, you know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah Sam Tripoli had a great joke about that, how like, you have all these angry, hot women in L.A., Right. Because everybody was like a 10 in their hometown and they came to L.A. He's like, it's like, is it Superman went back to his, his, own, his own planet? Right. It wouldn't be Superman, he'd just be some dumb, dumb guy with a fucking cape. You know? <laughs> it's true. That's a good one. Oh my god. Okay, other than doing stand up, you also do some acting, do some writing, and you also have an upcoming series potentially pinned potentially. that you've just finished. I guess you wrapped it up. It's all done. You're just in post, I guess what they say. Yeah, we're just in uh I mean, we're literally like we have like five shots left. And not even like shots, just like five like I need a picture I need I need a I need a shot of a house or I need a shot of a of like a, I need, I need like a skyline, you know, like not even like things I have to go out and like film an actual scene. I have like five shots just to grab, and then I'm just doing the music right now. Um, okay. And because you know it's hard because it's like you can't use things that have already out be out there because I think mm. we're gonna submit it to festivals and everything like that. And, right. And, you know, I mean, maybe you could, but we decided not to. And so scoring it is a whole separate thing. But we're almost done, and then it's just a matter of like. I mean, you know, I, I, I crowdsourced it. So I tried to raise a half a million dollars for a movie, and I got to, like, 11 grand. Uh, and then, but I got, like, 400 people that donated. That's that donated a lot. Uh, yeah, but then people were like, where the fuck's my movie? One guy was accusing me of, like, taking his money or buying or something. And I'm like, dude, oh my God. I'll give you your money back. I was like, how much money did you donate? I don't even, I don't even have, like, my, my dad has the list. I'm like, okay. tell me. I'll, I'll, I'll PayPal you whatever you and he's like no man I want you to make the movie so, so it was one of those things where I was so I'm like what do I do and then people right. were like I'm like yeah but you know the problem was like somebody in you know Kentucky gives you a hundred dollars mm. and then you should scene he's gonna feel like he got robbed he got ripped off so mm. I wanted to sh- do a pilot and I did. We shot a pilot. We did everything bare bones. I had to rewrite the script. And I had to, like, take out anything that would cost money really to shoot and, like, figure out where we could use one location that equals six locations. And we shot at my house, which my, my wife almost left me. Uh, and we shot at the wrestling, at, like, my garage, converted to a wrestling room, and then mm. at the pool that I coach at. So we had a couple free locations, which were good. Okay. And, then, you know, I paid all the actors, but 
you know, I paid them, you know, minimum, but they got paid. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, now it's just a matter of, like, I'm going to take it and uh, condense it into a, a sizzle and try to pitch it that way. Oh but also, I'm going to probably put it, on, put it on YouTube and be like, hey, here's a 23-minute, you know, thing that you guys paid for. Uh, that way, you know, cause a lot of times it's like, you know, the thing with kick, you do a Kickstarter, if you don't make your goals, you give them the money back. Oh. It's great, but you kind of wasted everyone time, everyone's time. Right. And, Indiegogo, you get to keep the money minus like I think it's ten percent or something that goes to them. Okay. But but then you're like, if you don't reach your goal, you're kind of stuck in a situation of like, all right, what do I do? But I'm happy with it. Happy with the performances. Um, happy with like, you know, it's hard. Like we had like for one role, we had like five actors bail out the week of. Oh shit. Oh, so and then uh, and then people like because I'm producing it, I had to know everyone's lines in some ways. Yeah, to, makes sense. You know. Um, so it's hard enough to like know my own lines, but now I have to make sure everyone's happy and keep right. everyone, but, but it was great. It was, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever done. Um, and I'm really, really happy with it. And like my friend Joey Medina directed it, he's a great comic. And, uh, we had like Dean McDermott's in it and Amy Paprath who used to host Naked Dating. She's on E! This girl, Lauren Compton, who was like a, the cover of Playboy. That's the one that pissed off my wife because she was my girlfriend in it. I didn't really say we were going to do the scene in, in my bed. I didn't tell my wife that, so I had to burn the sheets. But oh, wow. That's a whole other thing. Uh, and then um, <laughs> Rob Belushi, who actually went to high school with, son of James Belushi, Jim oh. Belushi. And then um, he's a really good actor as well. He was actually on that wrestling team. And then uh, my friend Aldo, who I coach with, uh, Eve Edwards is in it. Oh, nice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really fun. And then, uh, like, the kids, like, half the kids that we cast are uh, – um, on my actual team, and then half the kids are just actors, which is actually another thing of having to control the kids that you coach. Right. I almost had to make push-ups on the set for like fuck, like fucking around. Right, right. <laughs> and then the other kids or wrestle them, but the other kids are being wise guys. Part the other kids, the other kids were actually disciplined. My kids were just having fun the whole time, but you wanted them to have fun. So it was like, oh, that's you know. true too. Oh shit, that's okay. Well, before we move on, what's the premise of Pin? Just so if people don't know. <laughs> Like uh, it was about a comic who's like just stuck in his career and his 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 right, but he was a big high school wrestling star and his high school wrestling star uh, coach is, is 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 has cancer, so then he goes back and uh, is convinced to coach the the the, the, the middle school team. But he has to go back to his hometown and then the guy that beat him is now coaching the rival school and then the principal. Uh, who was used to be the teacher hates him, but his, the principal's daughter is super hot. Oh. And, he's, and it's just like, it's a, and then he's living with his grandma, who's like the horniest grandma in the history of the grandma. It's just, and then the kids are just a bunch of fucking lunatics, you know. Uh, so it, it's it's a lot of fun. No, it sounds great. Oh my god, I, I can't wait to see it, and I'm sure it'll get picked up because this thing. It's morphed into so many things, but I think you found it what it wants to be, and now moving forward, I guess it's easier, like you said, to pitch it, right? Yeah, and I'm just, you know, even even if I go nowhere, like I'm, like there's really, no, it's not a loss, right? Um, I'm happy I did it, you know. I, I'm happy that people will see it, you know, and I'm happy that people will see it, and you know, it, it's it'll, it'll be free. I'd almost rather people see it like this than, in some ways, like get picked up by some obscure thing that no one's ever gonna see. Makes you know, because yep. I've done a lot of things that like, man, I had one TV show I sold to Fuel TV. Mm. We shot a and Fuel became Fox Sports 2. And I had to wait a year to get it back. Then I wow. revamped Oh, and I sold it to, uh, I, I changed it around. I sold it to uh, Esquire. Mm. Shot a pilot and Esquire went under. Wow. And that, now I have the show back. It's like, so it's like I've done a lot of things that were really cool that no one will ever see. Um, but that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, I could imagine how, how many projects are out there that don't see the day of light, right? Yeah, I mean, and some of the funniest shit. I mean, I still think, like, we had Corey Holcomb. I don't know if Corey, who was, like, the most offensive black comedian, misogynistic. We had him at, like, an old age home. Right. Telling that he was, because it was, like, called Kamikaze Comedy, where we ambushed comedians, people with comics. Okay. And then he told these old people they were going to get a motivational speaker, and he was trying to pimp old ladies. <laughs> I still think that would have went, that would have went completely viral, right? Uh, but what are you gonna do? You know, it's like 
you just have to keep keep moving forward. I mean, look, like somebody, I remember like last night, Dean Thomas hit me up, and he's like, why don't you have your own late night show yet? I'm like, bro, you know, yeah, I could be saying that, like, hey, you know, like I used to tour with Theo Vaughn, and now, mm-hmm. now Theo Vaughn's blown up, or I tour with this guy, and now this guy's broken up, or this guy used to open up for me, or this guy, and now, but the bottom line is, like, I do what I love. Right. I get to do what I love. I got, a, got, I got a loving wife. I got a great kid, a loving family, and I got great friends. So it's our, I'm already in, like, the 1%. You know, it's True. just a matter of getting to that 1%, 1% but if it never happens, like, like, so what? Like, just because somebody is, has, has more commercial success than someone else doesn't mean that they're happier or even better. You know what, that's I mean, totally true. And that's what I tell people all the time about even myself with this podcast. It's like, if you were to tell me 10 years ago that I would be talking to people in the UFC, headline comedians, people from WWE, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I grew up watching all that shit, right? So even if I don't succeed monetarily, I've succeeded, I guess, I don't know, uh, spiritually or something, if that's the word. You know how many people I know? I know so many people that I've toured with, this and that. They, they got so much money. And uh, and so much fame, but they're cheating on their wives. They're they're right. fucking don't talk to their kids. They're, I mean, they're just miserable, miserable fucks. And they're always looking at someone above them, going, "How come? How come I'm not Joe Rogan? You right. know, or how come I'm not?" This? So it's it's not like it, it, all you can do is control. You can control. You know. What's up, people? The football season is back. And now you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners at betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite professional or college team. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. Will Mahomes throw for 56 touchdowns? Can the Pats go undefeated? Bet on all of this with the fastest odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Get into the action today with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Check it out. What's up, guys? Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. Well, there's good news. With today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the system of hair loss. How great is that? They didn't have that when I was in my early 30s, okay? I was wearing hats. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was pushing my hair forward. Well, prevention is key, and Keeps treatments really work. They are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Many men even experience hair regrowth with Keeps treatments. You can find out why Keeps has more than five has more five star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just ten dollars a month. That's enough. That's that's not a lot. All right, that's what you want to spend to keep your hair. Okay, that's that's awesome. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Yes, how great is that? It's awesome, all right? So you got to go to keeps.com slash MMA roasted, all right? If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com forward slash MMA roasted to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash MMA roasted, all right? Check it out. Listen, people, I got to talk to you guys. It's always a huge pain in the ass to go for me to go to a store, figure out what to buy, and that's why the Menlo Club is so perfect for me. I never know what to wear. I don't know what to wear. I, I, I can't decide anything. I'm all over the place. But the Menlo Club sends me clothes perfect for any occasion. Yeah, you can go to, I mean, just for hanging out or date night or happy hour, family gatherings, whatever you need. Okay, the Menlo Club makes me look good and feel good, gives me the confidence to crush it. Crush it, okay? You got to check it out. The Menlo Club is a men's monthly and seasonal subscription that provides stylized packages for every man, featuring items from 5-4 Everyday Wear, New Republic Footwear, and Grand AC Athleisure Wear, okay? All their items are designed by their in-house team in LA. You just complete a brief style quiz, 
And you got to you get matched into a clothing profile that'll create the apparel being sent to you. Yes, they'll personalize it just for you. All right. And their member experience team is available for help through live chat, through email and phone. It's hassle free. They don't have any styling fee like their, their competitors. They do, you have free size exchanges and you can cancel any time. All right. So get your first monthly or seasonal package for $35 off using their promo code MMAROASTED. Yeah, use promo code MMAROASTED. Check it out. You get your first monthly or seasonal package for just $25. How cool is that? That's awesome. Menlo, the Menlo Club. It's, 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 it's the best out there, all right? So their website is themenlohouse.com and you can follow them at Menlo Club. Definitely check them out. Highly recommend and you guys are gonna thank me for it. You're gonna be like, Adam, I look so much better. I feel so much better. Thank you. And speaking of that, the perfect segue, podcasting. That's, yeah. you have full control. You don't, well, mind you, obviously you have sponsors to deal with, but at the same time, it's not like TV sponsors. So as long as you say what they want to hear, you're good, but they don't uh, limit you to say anything. You have two podcasts right now. We'll get into MMA Roasted because there's a lot I want to touch on, but your most current and new podcast, Daddy Issues, with Dean McDermott and Nikki Paris. Okay, daddy issues. Is this, Okay, I haven't heard it yet. Is this like porn stars calling in, telling you about stories and stuff? Or like, what's going on here? No, what's the that, was that, that was it. That, no, I don't wish that. But that, that sounds like a cool, actually, premise. Um, no, it's basically um, me and Dean became friends through through comedy. Okay. And uh, Dean's a really great guy. And he, he knew I was having a kid. So he gave me like, you know, he's married to Tori Spelling. Right. And he's actually Canadian as well, Dean. Yeah. And, and, and he gave me all these like, baby stuff I mean, like a crib and a carriage and a this and that like just all this shit so we he wanted to get into comedy and i'm helping him with comedy and then we we should do a podcast and nikki really funny gay comic and he doesn't have uh he has daddy issues of his own but so we started this podcast out of the comedy store and it's going really good I and mean, we we've interviewed you know tori spelling we've interviewed uh uh, Nikki, uh, I mean, the, the, like Russell Peters, we had on. We had Roselle. We had uh, Denise Richards on. We had Perez Hilton, and a lot of it is like what we're doing, and then a lot of it is like what they're doing. Um, it's a crazy. We're getting so much traction just on Dean alone because oh. Dean will say something like, "Yeah, but, you know, Tori Spelling is is was bejazzled or something," <laughs> and next thing you know, it's on Us Weekly and TMZ. Right. I mean, you should see these headlines. Like Tori said, uh, him and Tori, him and uh, him and Dean's and him and Tori, they, they have sex five times a day, and they use marijuana sex loot. Oh, nice! And that went crazy. So every anything he says, and it's not just hard to like not goad him into that. Cause, you know, it's like he said, Tori likes to dress up as Donna Martin, and they've had sex, and she's Donna Martin. <laughs> it's insane. So Whoa. they shipped the door open, and then that made the news. So uh, so we're beginning a lot of people like just. People magazine covering us and stuff. Okay, okay. But it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, that's just a, you know, the MMA roasted. I love doing, but it's just all MMA. And if unless you're like a kind of a hardcore MMA fan, it's like you really don't. Especially some of the obscure fighters that I talk to. I try to get people that, you know, it's one thing to get the fighter that everybody's talking to, like Henry Cejudo or someone. But after a while, like I'm sure as you know, it's pretty much the same answer and the same question. Yep. And kind of like, and you can just sort of tell that they're going into like what they've answered for the 12th time that week. But yeah, I, sometimes I like getting like that fighter that like I had, um, she, I had this girl, Sheena star on last week. She was the girl in bare knuckle boxing that wore a Hillary Clinton is a cunt shirt. Oh, right. fight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, her amateur record, uh, officially was three and 16. She was 0-4 as a pro. You know, she, like, races dirt dirt trucks on her free time. She's got, like, four yeah. parakeets and as a, a single mother of two. Like, like I love talking to people like that. Right. I'm like, what the fuck? But unless you're a hardcore MMA fan, you're like, why, why should I care about this? Yeah, but you know, you know what? Like, I have to admit, even myself, I don't know everyone. Like, obviously, like you said, the n- name people. And I sort of know, like, the low run, but the just up-and-comers that have, like, a fresh record, I don't know jack shit. Because I don't follow any amateur. At least you follow some amateur. So yeah. you'll see the transition, and it's easier to follow for you. 
but just the way you you don't ask the cookie cutter questions like you go off the like you're not fucking Ariel Erlewani sitting there straight frowned and okay what's this how did you train for your next fight but if you ask those you'll do it with a spin of like oh did you you know uh, uh, curl uh, a dick or something to get bigger biceps like you know yeah. like stuff like that yeah, I mean, and for the most part, it's been great like that because I'll just – also, a lot of times people have been to my comedy show, so they kind of know what right. they're, they're getting into. The hard part is the few times that I've had people get mad were like when Kat Singano thought she was doing like a regular interview, oh, and sure. I asked her if she got like finger banged a lot in high school or something, and right. she just like flipped on me. And, but, then, but then she came to my comedy show and told me that like no one had prepared her for the show. You oh, know? okay, gotcha. So – but that's that's few and far between. Uh, most of the time, people realize like, you know, what's going on. Or a lot of times, the other one, that's, the other ones that like wanna they get into like character mode. Especially someone like Colby Covington, who's like, yeah, I just banged four chicks today. And right. Getting, you know, but those those are fun. You know, those those are fun to me. It's hard when, I mean, it's hard because some of the guys that I like, a guy like uh, like a uh, big swinging Johnson or something, or big swinging. Johnson is the last name. Jordan Johnson, great guy, great fighter, but okay. just, sometimes it's hard to get like a, a fun interview out of them. Right. You know, it's and it's easy, it's hard. I mean, it's one thing in person, but on the phone, it's even harder. Right. And at least with with you, people know who you are. Like, imagine with me when you don't know who I am. You're sort of reserved. Like, for example, I had um, what's his name, uh, Leo Kuntz on the show, and yeah, I've had him twice yeah, now I love already. That guy. Yeah, he's amazing. The first time you could tell he's a bit reserved. He didn't know where I was coming from. But then I had him on the second time. Oh my God, he fucking opened up and it was such a great show. Because I had him and Patty Pimblett from England on. So they were both on at the same time. And, they were, and it was such a great show. And I think the first one wasn't as great only because, again, maybe he didn't know who I was. Maybe he thought I was going to fucking... Like, you, you never know, right? So yeah. that's the other thing you have to contend with when you talk to so-called strangers. Yeah, of course. I mean, and then also a lot of times you'll talk to people like they'll forget they're doing an interview. They'll, oh shit! And then right. they, they, but like while they're like, I had Wyman on while he was shopping for a car, you know. Or so I mean, the craziest one I ever had though, I don't think I'm ever going to beat this. Was uh, a kid from Finland, um, Karakani. What was the name of the guy from Finland? Um, uh, Karakani. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he got a blowjob during the interview. That's my favorite episode that, still to this that day. Was, that was crazy. And he really did, too. Like, you heard, the, I was like, oh, my God. Then that guy just, like, went MIA. I haven't seen him since. I don't know what happened to him. I think he fought on a, a Europe card the other day, didn't he? No, he did, but it's hard to, like, reach him. Oh. Well, I, I, think, I think he got media trained. It's better when they're not oh. media trained. Oh, you know? right. But the, but the best guys to get are easier. They're, like, the guys that are brand new that, like, no one's talking to. Because they'll, they'll tell you everything. Or the guys that, um, like like the Kevin Randlemans or the Coleman's, right. like guys that Dan Severn, Don Fry, because no one's talking to them anymore. Or a lot of people aren't, so they'll, they'll tell you everything. They have nothing to lose. They'll tell you who was on steroids and right. who's who paid, who's a piece of shit, and they, just, they, don't, they don't care anymore. Like those guys are the best. Well, it's true because they have nothing to lose, and they're at I guess the end of their career, so to speak. So yeah, yeah why not? Still be relevant in some way or another. Oh, right. that's awesome. Okay, so you obviously you're into MMA. You've wrestled yourself as an, as an amateur. Who's your favorite fighter of all time? I don't think I know this. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. Probably Frankie Edgar. Really? Okay. I mean, just because he's just, uh, he's in every fight. He's got a ton of heart. There's no quitting him. Right. He's great. I mean, but it's hard to separate sometimes, like, whether I like the person and whether I like the fighter. Like, John Jones, I'll watch John Jones fight every time because of his skill set. But um, as a person, I don't really, like, care for him that much. Or, or no, I just don't, you know, just kind of certain choices. I'm like, damn, that's not really how I would have handled it. Of course. You know? um, but then there's, like, uh, yeah, I mean, there, and then there are certain guys like a Diego Sanchez Right. Where you know you're gonna get a good fight every time. Like that dude's not gonna, and he's gonna probably have the dumbest fight IQ <laughs> out there. But he just doesn't care. No, um, always puts on a show. That's for sure. <laughs> and another yeah. thing I wanted to know: Have you ever had? You don't have to name names. Obviously, I'm not here to break news or get fucking heat. But have you had anyone on that you've despised and you were not forced to talk, but you're like, oh, I'll have them on anyways. I've had anyone on that I despise. 
No, but I've had guys that I've been like, uh, like um, Crazy Horse, who changed his name to Felony. I remember that one too. Um, oh no. Something happened. With, something happened. Something gay. Something, something. The word gay came up, and he's like, "Man, I hope gay people die." Right. And, and it was something where it was like, "Fuck," you know. Like I obviously, I obviously don't have that that take on things. I don't agree with this. I don't no. like what he's saying. At the mm-hmm. same time, like I asked him to be on the show. Right. So and also like he's entitled to have his opinion. Uh, that's what this country's for. I'm not. I'm not going to censor the guy's speech. Um, right. At the same time. People came at me going, how do you not, how come you didn't jump on him? I'm like, well, the guy's name is Felony, um, <laughs> right. which, which he changed from Crazy Horse. Well, uh, so, I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, am I, what, am, what, what am I going to do? Uh, like, it's going <laughs> to, so th- those are situations where I'm like, uh, but also it's hard sometimes when you have guys that say things that you know they'll get a lot of clicks. Right. But you don't want to hurt their careers. Oh, true. Uh, so, like, even, like, there was a couple times where uh, Matt Brown said some things. I was like, uh, we, should, we, we like, pulled that. Mm. Cowboy, we pulled it. Um, mm. um, it. And I didn't even tell them I, I was pulling it. Right. Because they probably would, wouldn't care. But I didn't want them to get in trouble. Uh, Makes sense. So, uh, yeah, and uh, all because they're doing me a solid by coming on. Right. So that was that. That was the hard part. But then also, I'm like, well, I, I want the the clicks. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's that. That's the hard part because if right. I was a real journalist, I would have kept it. But right. I'm not a real journalist. Like, that's I don't, true. I, I, I've never claimed to be a real journalist. You know, I'm sort of the so. same way as I approach it the same way as you. To me, it's if the guest doesn't want it on, or if something said that it's out of line, or if they revealed something they were supposed to and they tell me after, no questions asked, it's gone. I don't even fight it. I don't give two shits. That's not what the interview is about or the talk. But I've never on my own taken a chunk of a conversation out. Unless obviously there's audio problems or something and you can't hear it, then there's no point. Yeah. But if it's something yeah. like controversial, whatever, hey, that's again, like you just said, it's not me. It's them talking. What, what am I supposed to say? Stop talking? I know. I just, part of me was like, didn't want them to get in trouble in some ways. I, I, it was sort of a protection on, on their part. And, yeah, I see. But also, too. but then I also go, well, I don't want the UFC then coming at me and saying, like, you can't do this guy's podcast. Oh, you know? true. So there's, I don't know. I mean, if, if I, as, if I had, I wouldn't say integrity. So as like a friend, I was right. being a nice guy. If, if I was, if I had journalistic integrity, I would have kept it, but. You know, so it's like, but it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, also at the time I was at Fox Sports and they told me to pull it too. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, is that where MMA Rosa got its start with Fox Sports or were you something before? No, actually, me and this guy, Scott Epstein, who's a jiu-jitsu, he was like my jiu-jitsu coach and I was a wrestling coach and we decided to do a podcast together and then uh, we just parted ways um, and then I, I got picked up by Fox Sports and they called me and they gave me a... Like a like a two or three year deal as for a podcast and for those texts from last fight, those group text chats oh, I was doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then the guy at Fox Sports who hired me left. Mm. The other guy left, and then the new guy was like, "Well, we can't do your podcast anymore. We can't pay you for it." And the text chat they had me on salary to do those text chats. Okay. So like first it was every week, and I was getting paid every week whether I did them or not. Mm. But they're the ones who didn't want to do them. I was like, I'll put them out every week. Sure. So they wanted to do them twice a month, but they were paying me every week. Then they were like, "We're just going to pay you X amount of money for the." And like, no, like it it it, it would have my my salary would have went like to like a fifth of what it was. Right. So I actually walked from that deal, and people were wow. like, "You're leaving us?" So I'm like, "Yeah, like th- these things take a lot of time." Right. And and if you're not going to pay me what the deal that you guys offered, then it's just, I'm not going to do it. You know, I mean, that, it's been hard. MMA business, MMA business of comedy has been like a, cause I, I, I wouldn't say I invented the genre, mm. but I definitely like had my place in the genre. Of course. And it's hard because a lot of times people, they're like, oh, we want to do comedy. We want your brand. You know, we want your 78,000 followers to mm. do, come over here. But then when I do it, they're like, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> or what we the don't fuck? want anyone getting mad at us okay or, so they're like we, we want your brand but we want to take away 90 percent of the jokes in your brand 
Wow. And then I put it out, and then the people are like, how did you not see that joke? Like, I'm like, well, I did, but they took out the punchline. So, like, and kept the setup. Right, right. So it's 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 hard to find that that balance mm. of yeah if you want MMA roasted and you want the, and you, and like you want the the comedy that comes along with it then you have to trust the fact that this this is going to be funny you know and then trust the fact that like there's a line I know the line but you know it's like you can't keep moving the goalpost. Thank you. Right. Because yeah. it's not fair to use guys as entertainers. Because then, even I'm not to say that you guys recycle material, but even older material after makes no sense. And then you look back like, what the fuck was I trying to accomplish there, right? And it's just, it's. I guess it would be a mind fuck for you guys because it's such a, a fast moving ball. Like every day, it's a new thing you can't make fun of. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and it's a recently like I, I was doing one where I was like, Diego Sanchez is, has been undefeated since the divorce or something, and then okay. I had Travis Brown come in and say. Oh, Bronda, it's over. Like, it was something where, like, doing a text chat, and that was it. And they were like, the company I was working for said, oh, we, we can't mention Diego's divorce. It's too personal. Oh, wow. I'm like, this is public kidding? knowledge. Wow. You know? So it was like, um, that, it was that kind of thing where it was like, uh, or I had, like, someone say, like, Rogan say, yeah, this girl's a stone-cold killer, like Amanda Nunez. And O.J. Simpson was like, oh, does she need any help? And then they were like, oh, we can't make any OJ jokes. It was like, all right, you know, just oh my God, you, like you can't have like the whole world making jokes about one thing. And then you say you're not allowed to. Right. It's like you're just you're tying my hands behind my back and, tell, and throwing me out in the ring. So it's uh, but it's OK. I mean, the good, the good thing about that's the one thing I love about stand up comedy and my podcast is that there's nothing I, I really can't say. That's true. You know, it's up to the audience to laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, once once in a while, I have people walk out, and be like, "Oh, that was too much." But it's really like me and the audience. Like, like that's the that's the pure thing. That's why I loved wrestling because, you know, when I played for other sports, it was like, "Oh, this kid's dad's the coach," and right. he started son, and it was like a lot of political bullshit and, on a soccer team. And I wouldn't play. I wasn't very good. I probably shouldn't have played, but at least there was other reasons, excuses. Where wrestling is like, if I want, if I beat everyone on the, on the, on in my weight class, I was the starter. Right. And if I, and if I wrestled the kid and I and I won, like I won. Maybe once in a while you get a bad call on a ref, but even that yeah. shouldn't have been that. You know. And stand up comedy, like I go on stage, and if the, if I make a joke and they laugh, you can't deny the fact that they were laughing. Right. Um. So that's those the two really really pure mediums that I'm I'm involved in. But everything outside that is, I would say it's bullshit, but it's a lot of like, oh, he got that because, you know, his agent represents, you know, Dane Cook, and they want Dane Cook to do the festival, so they're going to bring that kid too. It's just yeah, a lot yeah. of other type of shit that goes on. But that's, you know, look, as long as you keep doing a good job making the crowd laugh, mm-hmm. normally the club will book you back. Makes unless sense. you're a complete, unless you're a complete asshole of somebody, or you piss somebody off, or you, right. you, you fucked a chick in the condo, or something, <laughs> or whatever, whatever you shouldn't have done. Otherwise, right. but you do a good job, they laugh. People, people say I had a great time. You're getting booked back, you yeah. know. Um, and same with wrestling. Yeah. You know, it's it's just hard. It's hard to find things in life that are that pure. It's true. Like where it's all solely on you and you yourself. You're not relying on other people. No, I get it. I totally get it. Okay, one more thing about MMA roasted. You have like a rotating door of crazy fucking co-hosts. Like some that come to my like Greg Wilson is awesome, obviously. R- Renato to Laranja, uh, CB yeah. Gold. Even even though I haven't heard him in a while, he he was great when he was on. Okay, and please, the Ween Dog. I, I have to know. Is that really him? Is that the ween dog in real life? Or again, is he putting on an act for the show? Because hearing his sexcapades every week and what he goes through, like, who is really that type of person? Like, come on, man. Look, as far as I know, <laughs> everything he says is true. Okay. I, I don't know because I'm not there to see if well, he's obviously. holding the knife to some girl's head, head while having sex with her. He's got a BB gun underneath his bed. Like, like when you hang out with him, he's right. super quiet. Oh. And, and like very very polite. Okay. And just a, just a nice kid. Right. Like, but you don't know what's going on in his mind. So. <laughs> but he he also though gets comedy, and he listens to a lot of podcasts. Oh. So, okay. the Ween Dog actually is as, as valuable as he is as my sound guy because mm-hmm. he's like 
without him, I don't even know what. He just does stuff. He's amazing at that. He's a very loyal kid. Right. He's also, like, if there's, like, a lull in the show, mm-hmm. he'll just say something like, you know, like, hey, last night I fucked a rabbit or something. You know, whatever he'll say. And you're like, what? Like, so he kind of, he kind of guessed that. He, right. He's really good at picking picking low points and just saying the most shit that you're just like, so I don't know if he's doing that because he, he knows that we're going to have to, you know, but like, I, I really do think he thought it was a good idea to get an ice cream truck and, and interview a kid at a school <laughs> to put it on YouTube. I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing at that one. Like, who comes up with this? Like, literally, like, does he not know he's going to get in shit for that? Like, that's what I mean. Oh man, you gotta love him. But no, he's awesome. He had so much. Again, uh, if if you if you were a color commentary team, he would be strictly just a color of the whole show, man. <laughs> oh, he's un- he's unbelievable. That, that thing is like the thing was he started off as just a sound guy, and then right. we started talking. I was like, oh my god, like I was like, where do you find these people? Like CB Gold right. found me. He okay. came up to me. Uh, he came to like five of my shows, and then he told me like. Like every fighter, then when I saw his five McGregor tattoos, I was like, "All right, we gotta get this guy." You know, but he was like the most, like the the crazy one before Wean Dog came in. Yeah, that's true. Um, And now he's he's like a normal one. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, totally. Like that's what um Greg Wilson was like. Where do you find these? He's like these guys like slither up from the. He's like they from like the. Whatever the potholes in the ground, like <laughs> hey, I don't think about MMA, and then you're like join this podcast. Oh shit, that's hilarious. Okay, before we get into the dumbass of the week and wrap this shit up, because I know you're a busy guy, <laughs> I'm always interested too. From one stutterer to another, as an oh, entertainer, yeah. how do you deal with it? What's your secrets? What gets you by it? Do you find okay, like myself, I know when I'm about to stutter, so I literally stop myself midway. Do you care anymore? Like, what's going on I mean, with all this thing? When I listen back, I'm like, oh, you know, like in the moment, it's okay. It's hard because sometimes, like last night, I had a show for a speech pathologist convention. Oh shit! And and I was like, I could even say pathologist. I'm like, <laughs> I need to join you guys. So, I mean, wow. when I was younger and I would get nervous, it was really bad. Wow. Like if I there was a girl I liked, it was terrible. I, it was, I was, came up completely now. And then also I would start sentences, realize I would get to a word that I couldn't really say and just divert to a different, I would just change the sentence around, That's what to I get do. To, you know, which is yep. not very good because, and then also oh. in my family, if you didn't talk really fast, you were not going to get heard because you're going to get interrupted every third word by somebody even now to the point where you can't get a thought out without someone interrupting you and then you have to explain and then you're getting mad and being like, just fucking listen. So, um, it's better now. It's easier when I'm on stage. It's hard when I'm improvising sometimes because I'll Mm. be on a roll and then I'll get to a word and I'm like, and then a lot of times I'll think of the word and then I, the word then becomes the stuttering part. So now I'm already locked into the stutter and not what I'm trying to say. That being said, yeah, it's definitely held me back from acting jobs, hosting jobs, comedy jobs. I've taken so many speech lessons. When I actually took them, mm. it got so much better. Oh, okay. And I would, but then I would stop, you know, sometimes. And uh, just, you know, life caught up to me. It's actually easier when I have a kid because my daughter, I'm like teaching her words. Mm. After, and you know what's actually helped me the most? Not really stuttering, but like slurring is there's an app called Headliner that, and the app, um, it transcribes whatever you're trying to say for you. So you put a video in and and it does it for you. Mm. Now I know that there are some words it's not going to be able to read. Okay. So my senses come out crazy. So then I have to redo them. But if I talk at the rate that I know that it's going to actually make sense Mm -hmm. is when that's the rate I should be talking at. Right. So I have to like talk as if I'm transcoding myself on the, on the headliner. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Um, I definitely wish I did not stutter, but it used to be a lot worse. Oh, okay. It used to be like I couldn't get a sentence out without stuttering. 
Oh, you were that bad. See, I wasn't really that bad. I found, again, same thing as you. When I would get nervous, I'd start stuttering, and it was certain words, and I would do like the like that's as far as I would go, and then it would come out. I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be able to not pronounce a word, or I stop mid-word because I can't say the rest of it. And obviously, by listening to the show, all the viewers know already how I am. But to me, what really helps a lot, believe it or not, is smoking weed and CBD. That helps the most. I find that as soon as I smoke a joint, it's like as if I don't stutter at all. At all. It's one of those things that just goes away. That's why I was interested to know what you do to, I guess, when you're on stage and whatever. I think working working out helps a lot. Tiring my body out. Oh, okay. You know, if I'm, like, even when I do comedy, if I don't do, uh, if I don't work out during the day. Right. Like, my set is way too fast. And a lot of times, I'll be on stage and the audience isn't laughing because they didn't understand what I said. Oh, shit joke isn't funny right and i'm like that's and that's frustrating too because you did all that work and you just mumbled those words but it's gotten better definitely it's not perfect i think that as if i ever get like a my own late night talk show that would be a huge obstacle but i have to i have to deal with it you know it's like that's part of life and this is the career that i chose i think if i would have chose a career that didn't have to do with talking i probably would have made a lot more money At this rate, but I wouldn't be as putting as fun. I wouldn't have That's happened. I did, but I remember when I was younger and I was like in fifth grade with the summer camp, and this hot girl liked me. She right. was like smoking hot, okay. and then once I started talking, it was over. So, <laughs> and my friend told me that he's like, "Dude, you would have banged her if you hadn't stopped. If you hadn't talked, I don't think I don't think banged her. I hooked up with her. So, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I, and again, I find it odd that you were the opposite. When, if I have something written down and I have to read a word for word, that's when I start stuttering. To me, I, I'm better off the cuff. Like, just oh, wow. like even when I do like these talks when I have on the podcast with people, everything's in point form just so I know when to go on to what next. But it's not like a detailed, oh, I want to talk about this, 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 that. Just whatever goes into it. And I find that that's a lot easier for me, at least. Because I'm not overthinking, I guess, like that. All right, let's go into the dumbass of the week. Let's see if we both agree if this person's a dumbass or not. Usually they're always from the States, and I'm sorry, usually they're always from Florida. Again, being an American, I'm sure you know most of the, the dumbasses come from Florida. Okay, so, and okay, one thing I noticed here in, in LA, and let's see if you are a part of this as well. Every time I go to a restaurant or being in a hotel and I use a public washroom, no one fucking washes their hands in LA. What's wrong with you guys? I don't know. Yeah, people, it's, people in LA are crazy. They're I, crazy. I don't get it. Like everyone in Canada, in Toronto, well, at least in Toronto, when you use the washroom, we, anywhere you go, there's always people washing your hands. Here, nothing. They literally take but a piss. Then, but and then leave. they won't, like, won't drink tap water. Are you kidding me? It has to be bottled water, but then they won't wash their hands. It's crazy. All right. Well, this has to do with a, a toilet incident. Have you ever been to a friend's house and you forget to flush a toilet? Uh. I never forgot, but I've broken toilets before. Okay, I've broken toilet, but that's not really your fault, unless you're shoving shit down it, you know what I mean? Right, of course. Because it's yeah. just the look at the draw. Has anyone ever been to your house and not flushed? How about that? Uh, no, but people, no, no, I don't think so. Okay, so maybe you, you won't know what's going on in this man's head. But anyways, so two guys, friends, one guy goes to his house, uses the toilet, forgets to flush. So the owner of the house starts yelling at him, which is understandable. Like, what the fuck? He forgot to flush the toilet. What does his, one of his best friends do? Goes to his car, pulls out a machete, and threatens to kill him. <laughs> now, is he a dumbass? Yes, of course he is a dumbass. That's not, I mean, over, over that? Yes, he's beyond a dumbass. I mean, now he's going to go to jail? He's getting charged for that? Yeah, and he actually is. In, he's still in jail to this day and waiting to be released on bond. Oh my god. Wow. That's, yeah, that's next level. My wife, which doesn't, um, she, she's like, she actually, when she takes dumb, I'm supposed to faucet on so I won't hear her. Okay. I wish she would just close the door. <laughs> what the? F- it's no. true. Why not? Oh, okay. I was going to say, what the hell? <laughs> no, that's uh, a good one. But yeah, that guy's a complete dumbass. Because now he's in jail having to. It's not, I guarantee he's not threatening people to not plug the toilet. So. But again, this is, goes back to how sensitive people are. Like, literally, you did something wrong, and this is today's society. You're the one in, in fault, but yet you still think you're right, and you think that you should retaliate because this man pointed it out to you. Like, that, everyone's feelings I, get I, hurt. I, I have a feeling that, that, like, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think that Maybe. was the starting off point. I think there was, like, some fucking guys' wives, or some shit went down before that. That's just the fun. That's just what they tell you. I wonder what actually happened. 
Yeah. I know, right? But it also might be funny to like in court to have to have like bring in the exhibit A, like like the fucking shit in there and show everybody. Well, here's the perfect ending to the story. When the police approached him and asked him why he did it, you know what his response was? This is classic. This guy has probably want to be a comedian. He tells shit the cops, happens. "Sorry, what shit happens?" Thank you. Exactly. See, you th- you think like a comedian. He, that's exactly what he yeah. told the cops. Shit happens. Oh God, that's ridiculous. Maybe you wanted to go viral. Probably did. Oh shit! All right, Adam. Actually, one last thing before you plug your shit. I always lie. I always have one last question hidden. Sure. I need you to do this for me, my friend, please. Roast me. Say something about me. I have to get roasted by the, the master himself. Anything is on the table. I don't give two fucks. Go right ahead. I mean, well, I mean, you definitely look like you're uh, an extra from a Al Jazeera training video. <laughs> <laughs> my God. And that's what I love. And then again, have you ever roasted someone where it got so pissed off that you thought they were going to knock you the fuck out? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes, yes. Wow. Like, I mean, at, at, that, at that wedding when the guy attacked me, if you look up community attack at wedding on, on YouTube, some guy got, they, they hired me to roast, they hired me to go to this wedding and start, start roasting people. Right. I pretend guy marrying them and then break out my comedy routine. And there was a guy in the front who had like highlights and I was like, sorry, sorry, your band broke up. Or I called him, like, you know, something like, this, you know, Bon Jovi's, you know, Neanderthal brothers. And the guy got up and like pushed me. And this is like during a wedding. What? And they stormed out. And I was like, don't stop believing. Um, and then it went viral. It got like half a million hits. It's been on like 10 different TV shows, like World's Worst Weddings and When Weddings Gone Bad and all that stuff. Oh, my God. I'll be checking that out as soon as we get off the air. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. On that note, plug away, my friend, where people can find uh, you. Daddy Issues Podcast, MMA Roasted Podcast. Um, I'm going to be at the House of Comedy in Phoenix. Uh, at the in the middle of September, uh, October, I'm in Myrtle Beach at the Carolina Comedy Club. Beginning of October, I'm also going to be at Tiff's Comedy Club in New Jersey in October. Just go to AdamHunter.com. Do my, my whole schedule. And for myself, you can follow me Instagram, Twitter under Finger Styles, oh. the podcast, the podcast DAP, and email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com rewind to the top of the show listen to the sponsors support them helps them out helps me out and please rape not rape wow rate subscribe and review on all the major platforms but especially itunes apple podcast spotify those are the two big ones that's what helps all us i guess independent podcasters out all good my friend thank you man i'll talk to you soon steve sounds good on that note he's adam i'm steve this is the podcast peace Tunis sans to